Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm Chuck, and I'm so glad to have you back again today. Listen, if you have not checked out all the archives for the podcast, please do. You can find them all at kidsministry101.com. Click on the podcast button there, or the tab that you'll find on that page. You can also find all of our blog and back issues of the blog, blog, but the archives of the podcast are full of all kinds of great conversations, and I want to encourage you to go there and check that out. I have some fun guests today. This is kind of a special fun episode for a couple reasons. So this is like a like a close to home episode for me. So my two guests are Isaac Kirstead and Tristan Peters. Isaac, we worked together for several years at Lifeway oh, Kids. Yes. yes. And you were yeah. a part of the Century Kid Camp team. You're part of the Century Kid Camp team. That's what brought you into Lifeway, but you were on our marketing team. You're a designer for VBS. And you are a beloved insider at Lifeway Kids. So, but you recently left us. Aw. Yes. Every, yes everybody sir. was really sad. Yes. You, you recently left us to go work in the church, in kids ministry. So tell me just a little bit about what you've been doing since you left. Tell me about your role and what the draw was for you to go. Yes. So I've been in this role for about six months. I am an associate kids director at a church called The Bridge. It's just south of Nashville. And um, one of the big roles that I get to do is I get to do a lot of the curriculum prep and prepare the lessons for the week to week. But then I also get to do some of the online and a lot of the media that goes into our kids ministry. So whether that's connecting to families during the week through online content or during the week or on Sundays, for our um, different skits, our different videos, different content that we do on a Sunday morning. That's a lot of the job that I get to do week to week. Awesome. Isaac, you you are a high impact guy. Every every role that you've ever filled, that during the time that I've known you, you just come <laughs> in and you make a splash. Your presence is noticed in such a positive way. You've got just a great uh, attitude and, a, and an, a, a contagious enthusiasm. That's one of my favorite things. You're an Enneagram 7, I'm sure, right? Yes, I am yeah, very right? much an Enneagram 7. I'm a 7 to the max, absolutely. So, totally. So one of the great things about 7s is our enthusiasm. And so you just exude energy and fun. And so, But you do that on stage in all kinds of ways. And you've just been such a great uh, part of the VBS team at Lifeway Kids over the last couple of years. And so you're greatly missed. But we're also glad that you're still close and that we are still remaining, you know, in touch with each other as we move forward. Oh, absolutely. Love love my Lifeway family. Love them so much. Speaking of family, our other <laughs> guest, my other guest this morning is part of my family. So Tristan <laughs> Peters is my daughter. Hi, Tristan. Hi. Hey, tell me, how did you get hooked up, connected with this interface and ministry with The Bridge and with Isaac? Tell us about that. What brought you into kids ministry and tell us about your role? Great question. So I started serving in kids ministry years ago, and I actually used to serve at a different church as an intern for a few years. And I got to be friends with Isaac through that. We served there together for a while. And then um, just about three months ago, I started a job at the Bridge Church as the kids director of their Columbia campus. So that's been super cool to work closely with Isaac as we um, work on connecting both the Spring Hill campus and the Columbia campus together. 
And you are not an Enneagram 7. No, I'm not. <laughs> you are not. But we, but us 7s need people like you. So you, you, Tristan, are super well organized, but you also have a very tender heart for kids. And you also have an enthusiasm. And you just, you have such a love for kids ministry. Tell me just a little bit about how you found that calling when you were young. I one of the reasons I was so interested in going to kids ministry was because of you serving in kids ministry and <laughs> getting to um, see all the inside of all those Lifeway events and getting to um, tag along to a lot of different um, conferences and events and learn from you. And so that's one of the reasons I've been super passionate about kids ministry. But I'm just super, super passionate about serving in kids ministry, um, especially being a younger leader in the church, um, getting to help invest in that next generation and um, carry on the gospel. And and invest in parents and all that kind of stuff. Well, awesome. And it just overflows out of both of you, just a love for kids and a love for ministry and a love for Jesus. So it's really fun how God has put the two of you together. Um, I've had the opportunities, knowing both of you, to watch this, um, this partnership come together. Mm -hmm. There are others also, besides the two of you at the bridge, you've got a pretty good Definitely. sized team of people. But the team. two of you in particular are really good partners in a couple ways. And so we wanted to talk today about how you guys, what, what I wanted to ask you is about how do you maintain such a good, strong consistency across a multi-campus ministry? Mm -hmm. So Isaac, you're at the main campus. Correct. Uh, Tristan, you are at the, the, the satellite campus, which is what, 15 or 20 miles down the road in another mm -hmm. town. Yes. Uh, Isaac, you got you guys are at a, at a facility that the church owns and that is your space that's permanent. Tristan, yes. you are at a at a, a mobile campus where you are mm -hmm. setting up and tearing down in a school every week. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, you guys have maintained a really strong sense of unity uh, across those campuses. And mm -hmm. so, I thought that would be a great thing for us to talk about. We have listeners in all kinds of different churches. Certainly some of them are in situations where they're working with other campuses. Others may be in a place where that is the future. Uh, they may not be doing it yet, but they might be, there might be talks about, hey, we're going to add a campus or we're going to do this. And, and that can be intimidating uh, to not know because, you know, we know what we know. We don't know this other scary thing of going multi-campus, but you two are doing it well or at the bridge, you all are doing it well. So, Tell me a little bit or tell our listeners a bit about the culture that you have. What is it about your culture for kids ministry that allows you to maintain that sense of one church in two locations? Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things that we really emphasize is collaboration. Like Tristan's desk is literally right next to mine. And I love that. Um, for a little mm -hmm. while, we were actually in two different offices mm -hmm. and we uh, felt a little bit of a strain there, to be honest. And then when we moved and Tristan came into our central kids office and we were able to have multiple days a week where we we're able to sit next to each other, sit in a group, discuss everything, um, that collaboration really became important right from the get-go and we mm -hmm. saw that from that point on i felt i felt like at least tristan you'll be able to speak into this also from the campus yes. side but i felt like we were able to really um grow the ministry in both locations really mm -hmm. well because we were all together I agree. It's been super helpful for us to sit literally right next to each other during the week so that as we're talking about curriculum and projects and plans that we can sit right next to each other and we can discuss those things from a point of view of both campuses to make sure what we're doing and planning can go across both locations. 
So that's a really intentional move um, that, mm-hmm. that your leaders made and that you guys made, I'm sure, as part of that influence there. Because mm-hmm. you do have uh, separate offices. Uh, yes. And these days, there's a lot of officing from home or from coffee shops or different places. But you were intentional about making that move to be in the same place for at least a couple days a week. Yes. So tell, what led up to that? Were you feeling a pain point about being separate um, and, and what was it that led you to the point of saying, no, what if, what if we just, cause Isaac, you, as, as it would turn out, you live in the town where Tristan's campus is and Tristan, you live in the town yes. where Isaac's <laughs> campus is. Yes. So you're both commuting the opposite way, right? On it's a Sunday true. morning, we high five in the middle as we drive by <laughs> each other. Right past each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, that was a very intentional move. Um, Tristan was in the office like mm-hmm. a day two during the week. Um, yeah. She was also just kind of floating around the office wherever she could find a place to put her box that she, we were collecting supplies for the next week. Yeah. But um, having a very intentional place uh, for her to be able to sit there, but then also an intentional place for us to do our uh, curriculum prep, mm-hmm. for us to be able to prepare as um, one church rather than mm-hmm. two campuses, yes. I think was a very, very big step that we were able to take. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of led to like the preparation side of it as we were preparing um, I felt like that as we did it as one campus or as one church rather than two campuses, mm-hmm. that was a mm-hmm. huge step forward. Absolutely. And I definitely think it helped us um, improve our communication. We mm-hmm. communicate a lot more. Um, we can do quick debriefs after a Sunday. How did this work at your campus? How this worked yeah. at my campus? How can we improve? So we get to have all those intentional conversations during the week. So our communication has definitely improved. But you're right. It's also helped us in everyday weekly preparation and monthly preparation mm-hmm. um, to be able to do that together instead of alone. So officing together is a big part of it. It puts you Mm -hmm. in close proximity and it gets you together. But then there's also this intentionality of actually communicating and coordinating what you're doing, right? Because you could be in the same space and never talk to each other or at least not compare notes. Where I think something that could be, at least potentially could be an issue for some um, Mm multi-sites would be um, that everything is kind of based around the primary site and then the secondary site is sort of like an, an add-on or an extra or an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaac, you've spent time at the Columbia campus. And Tristan, you've spent time at the main campus. How do you guys uh, stay in touch with each other's needs and culture for, in, in connecting the two campuses? Mm-hmm. Well, I actually started at the Columbia campus when I came on staff. at the. I was actually part-time at the bridge for a little while um, in the Columbia campus. So I felt like that kind of gave me a little bit of insight. Tristan has taken it far and beyond what I had it there two years ago. So that's been really fun to see. But even comparing spaces, we have sound systems and we have a projector at our Spring Hill campus and they have a big TV that they run all of their media on. So we mm-hmm. actually have a TV in our office that we kind of compare, hey, does this look good on this TV when we're presenting rather than, hey, does this look good on the projector? when we're presenting and really trying to base um, some of those elements, especially the visual elements that the kids are going to see um, on those Mm -hmm. two comparisons. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and it's not just Isaac um, who's spent some time at the Columbia campus. Actually, oh, yeah. I think every single person on our kids' team has spent a decent amount of time at the Columbia campus. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows the culture of the Columbia campus in the kids' space. They know what it looks like. They know the families. So there's um, a lot of collaboration. When there's um, an issue that I'm talking about, like, hey, how can we improve this at the Columbia campus? Everybody knows what we're talking about because everyone has a good enough idea of what it's like at the Columbia campus. Um, and I know what it's like at the Spring Hill campus. So there's Um, a lot of collaboration of yes we're one church two locations and we're not just like two different kids teams we're one kids team doing it in two locations so I think that goes the same way as well we're all on the same team um, and so we all work together and help each other I think that's such a great uh, example a good piece of advice is Mm -hmm. we really need to be careful with multi-sites not to uh, isolate Mm -hmm. and not to put up the silos. It's so easy for us to be based on whatever location we're in and identify only with that location. Mm -hmm. But the truth is you guys are really intentional about identifying as the bridge, not as which campus you're at. And Mm -hmm. I love, Isaac, that you said that you got uh, a TV set up at the main (laughs) campus that gives you a preview (laughs) of what it will look like down the road. Um, And so as you plan... You're not just planning for your campus. Um, mm-hmm. you're, the the uh, Columbia campus is very much a part of the whole uh, the whole culture that you've established. Yeah, yes. and bringing Tristan on the team was a huge part of that because I feel like she's been able to speak in to even just the like week to week crafts where she said, "Hey, we can't we can't do this activity <laughs> at our campus," and we're able to make quick pivots. Say, mm-hmm. "Okay, well, we know that that's a similar activity is coming in two weeks." because of that communication and because um, she's been there to say, hey, yes, hey, no, hey, (laughs) give great feedback. That's been a huge part because we did have some hiccups, especially at the beginning when we were both coming on, trying to figure out where things went, where things go, who is in charge of what. And it's just, um, we've learned a lot for sure. So then Isaac, do you feel like then that you guys adjust what you do at the main campus so that it is something that translates to the other one as well? Yes, actually, um, because we've also seen it's been really interesting um, in our environment. We have a semi-permanent environment, so a lot of our things move week to week as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, when she has been able to speak into these things, hey, this didn't work. When we dive deeper into what we saw, big picture, it looked like, yes, this activity worked. But when we dive deeper into the individual kids, there were some things that we missed also with that. So it actually led to improving our activities in general overall at both locations. So yeah, there are, ahead, lots of, there are lots of different factors about the two locations. It's not just that we're in two different locations. We have totally different kids and families, different mm-hmm. age levels, different um, more girls, more boys, different like preschool or elementary. So everything mm-hmm. is different with two locations. It's not just the different space. It's also the different groups of people. Right. So um, that's part of what you have to think of when you go into your planning for your curriculum as well. But also it kind of depends on the space for your portable location. We can't do a water activity because of the location that we're in (laughs) where we have a great partnership with the school that we're in and we want to keep that great partnership so we want to be careful when we're planning activities we're not going to use glitter and throw it all over the gym floor because we want to respect the space that we're in so we do have to be intentional about some of those things as well everybody make a note no glitter in your portable locations i feel like this is a personal attack because i might have put glitter (laughs) at the beginning and and hey, I would I'm like a fan to publicly of... apologize to Tristan for that. <laughs> I am a fan of glitter. I love glitter, but <laughs> cleaning glitter off a gym floor is a bit crazy. 
So, okay, so we're hitting on a couple of things here, and that's that it, it, the the remote campus really does have an impact on what you do at the main campus. Mm-hmm. And, and by making sure that you guys are on the same page with that, you're able to create a pretty consistent experience for the family that shows up no matter where they show, whichever yes. one. Talk to me a little bit, Tristan, about what, what are the consistencies that you look to maintain across both campuses? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So one of the things that we talk about a lot when we're talking about different locations is we want it to be an 80-20 ratio. We want 80% of the stuff we do to be the same across both locations and 20% is going to be specific to that location. There's not everything that we can do the same, but we want the majority of that experience to be the same, whether a family comes to the Spring Hill campus or the Columbia campus on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely part of that is going to be that 20% of, yes, we have portable, um, we have pipe and drape up and we have portable classrooms for preschool and we have a TV instead of a projector. And um, But the majority of that is we do the same worship songs. We have the same um, countdown videos. We do mm. the same schedule. We do the same craft and activity. All of that's the same. Um, and just our location is definitely different how we set up. But even how we do large group and small group, our rooms are generally similar from elementary. We have one big space for elementary schoolers um, and then we'll do large group together and then we'll split off into our small group rugs. So that's even the same um, in both locations, but um, the crafts and everything are the same as well. So there's a lot of kids. I love that 80-20. That's a really mm-hmm. cool um, notion that you yeah. acknowledge that not everything can be the same. And we don't have yeah. to force everything to have to be exactly the same. No. But that 80% of what you do. So what, what I would imagine that does is that creates an experience that mm-hmm. if a family did go to one campus one week and the, next, the, the other the next week, mm-hmm. that it would still feel like the same church. Absolutely. Oh, yes. So, Isaac, what are what are the things that that are ways that you are you maintain individuality? So there's a lot of consistency and a lot of coordination and mm-hmm. communication and collaboration, which is great. But yeah. there's also some distinctives. What are what are those that would fall into your twenty percent? Honestly, um, so technology and infrastructure is probably the biggest mm-hmm. thing that it hits that twenty percent. But honestly, volunteers is another big thing that lays in that 20% because we have very different teaching um, styles and even Mm -hmm. teachers that are in both locations. Yes, we're teaching the same curriculum, but we're we're both investing in volunteers. We're investing Mm -hmm. in large group leaders and those people are going to be different and we're going to acknowledge that they're going to probably teach the large group a little bit differently. Even though we Mm -hmm. have the script, they're going to be a little bit different and They're also, it's because they're investing and they're making relationships with those kids. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because they know how to teach those kids a little bit differently than we will at Spring Hill because they're different kids. So when you're making relationships, you know how to teach them best. So when it all boils down, you've got, you have a culture that at Mm -hmm. the bridge that is a unique culture. Every church has its own. And so, you know, that's not to say there's one way that's better or worse, but we're all Mm -hmm. unique in our different churches I love how you have maintained the bridge culture through both campuses. Mm-hmm. And who knows if there's ever a third or a fourth or another, <laughs> you will you will scale that. I think that mm-hmm. whole idea of scalability is another good thing to keep in mind with this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You guys are establishing really good ways of doing two campuses and yes. all the good that you're doing now and all the learning you're getting now would, would only help if you were to grow beyond. So I think that's really cool. Um, Culture-wise, as we near the end of our time together, Tell me just a bit more about both of you and your heart for what you're doing at the bridge. What would it? What is it about your culture at the bridge that makes it what it is? 
so we have a we have the welcome home saying that we absolutely love at the bridge mm-hmm. where wherever you're coming from whatever your background is we're mm-hmm. excited that you are there and we want you to be welcomed as if you're home and whether that's through a small group whether that's through um, Sunday morning whether that's just someone giving you like a high five or a fist bump as you come in or handing you a cup of coffee we want you to feel welcome home and I feel Mm -hmm. like that translates so much into kids ministry where we want kids Mm -hmm. as they come in to feel safe we want their families to feel safe when they drop them off Mm -hmm. but then we also want them to have tons of fun in a gospel-centered environment And I think that's something that keeps kids coming back. I love hearing the stories where week to week um, parents are like, yeah, we didn't really want to wake up for church this morning, but our kids made us come. So I absolutely love those conversations. And um, some of those families now I get to see they're in small groups on Wednesday nights and they're Mm -hmm. doing things in the church because their parent or their kids made them come back a second week to church because they were having Mm -hmm. fun and they felt like they it was a safe place where they could leave their kids Oh, absolutely. That welcome home of Christ is something that we carry into our kids' ministry every week. So your kids are greeted at the door and people learn their names and they know that they are known and loved and welcomed. And that's something that culture of your volunteers is super important. That's something that actually comes from our staff culture. We have these seven leadership behaviors that we lead by as a staff. And those are things that we discuss in our volunteer kids, volunteers, staff huddles every week. Um, And so that's something that not only our staff leaders go by, but our volunteers go by. And so we're all on the same page. If we want everyone to feel welcomed, we're going to, um, we want our kids ministry to be a place that's safe and fun. Um, but we're also super intentional about our volunteers know like the culture of the church. And that's something that they're passionate about and they mm. care about. And that's one of the reasons mm. I think it's so special is because it's not just coming from us as, as staff leaders, but it's coming from our volunteers as well. Yeah, it really, it permeates everything that you do when you have a great culture like that. And I think mm-hmm. you guys are in a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that you two are working together as a team. Oh, um, yes. I, I, I love and admire <laughs> both of you. And I think you guys together are like a power team. So that's been really fun to watch. So thank you both for joining me today. Isaac Kirstead and Tristan Peters from the Bridge Church in Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Multi-campuses with about one church. I love how you guys are working together. Thank you for being here today. Thank you thank for you. having us. Listeners, thank you for listening today. Hey, listen, something that I know, and I'll speak for them because I know both of their their hearts intimately. (laughs) Something that both Isaac and Tristan love deeply is VBS. They're both huge VBS fans. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not talking about doing VBS. That's different. That's a whole nother, we'll we'll have another conversation about that. But they both love it in their hearts. And so, guys, we are so enthusiastic, listeners, about this coming summer. Last year, we had the weird setback with the COVID summer, but this year, we are calling you to say yes to VBS once again. And so I want to encourage you to visit lifeway.com slash VBS. We are offering two themes, not one, but two. Concrete and Cranes continues from last year. We've maintained a full suite of that resource and Destination Dig brand new for 2021. You can check out all the music, all the daily Bible plans, all the stuff, and you can download free sample sessions and join the free directors club all at lifeway.com slash VBS. Go check it out and figure out how you will say yes to VBS this summer. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back next time on another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.